0: section 68 of the history of chemistry this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by k hand the history of chemistry by thomas thompson volume 2 chapter 7 of the present state of chemistry part 2 the animal and vegetable kingdoms present a still more tempting field of investigation animal and vegetable substances may be arranged under three classes acids alkalies, and neutrals the class of acids presents many substances of great utility either in the arts or for seasoning food the alkalis contain almost all the powerful medicines that are drawn from the vegetable kingdom the neutral bodies are important as articles of food and are applied to to many other purposes of first-rate utility all these bodies are composed chiefly at least of hydrogen carbon oxygen and azote substances easily procured abundantly at a cheap rate should chemists in consequence of the knowledge acquired by future investigations ever arrive at the knowledge of the mode of forming these principles from their elements at a cheap rate the prodigious change which such a discovery would make upon the state of society must be at once evident mankind would be in some measure independent of climate and situation everything could be produced at pleasure in every part of the earth and the inhabitants of the warmer regions would no longer be the exclusive possessors of comforts and conveniences to which those in less favored regions of the earth are strangers let the science advance for another century with the same rapidity that it has done during the last fifty years and it will produce effects upon society of which the present race can form no adequate idea even already some of these effects are beginning to develop themselves our streets are now illuminated with gas drawn from the bowels of the earth and the failure of the greenland fishery during an unfortunate season like the last no longer fills us with the dismay what a change has been produced in the country by the introduction of steamboats and what a still greater improvement is at present in progress when steam carriages and railroads are gradually taking the place of horses and common roads distances will soon be reduced to one half of what they are at present while the diminished force and increased rate of conveyance will contribute essentially to lower the rest of our manufacturers and enable us to enter into a successful competition with other nations i must say a few words upon the application of chemistry to physiology before concluding this imperfect sketch of the present state of the science the only functions of the living body upon which chemistry is calculated to throw light are the processes of digestion assimilation and secretion the nervous system is regulated by laws seemingly quite unconnected with chemistry and mechanics, and in the present state of our knowledge, perfectly inscrutable. Even in the process of digestion, assimilation, and secretion, the nervous influence is important and essential. Hence, even of these functions, our notions are necessarily very imperfect, but the application of chemistry supplies us with some data at least, which are too important to be altogether neglected. The food of man consists of solids and liquids and the quantity of each taken by different individuals is so various that no general average can be struck I think that the drink will in most cases exceed the solid food in nearly the proportion of four to three but the solid food itself contains not less than seven-tenths of its weight of water in reality then the quantity of liquid taken into the stomach is to that of solid matter as ten to one the food is introduced into the mouth comminuted by the teeth and mixed up with the saliva into a kind of pulp the saliva is a liquid expressly secreted for this purpose and the quantity certainly does not fall short of 10 ounces in the 24 hours indeed i believe it exceeds that amount it is a liquid almost as colorless as water slightly viscid and without taste or smell it contains about three one thousandths of its weight of a peculiar matter which is transparent and soluble in water it has suspended in it about one point four one thousandths of its weight of mucus and in solution about two point eight one thousandths of common salt and soda the rest is water from the mouth the food passes into the stomach where it is changed to a kind of pap called chyme the nature of the food can readily be distinguished after mastication but when converted into chyme it loses its characteristic properties this conversion is produced by the action of the eighth pair of nerves which are partly distributed on the stomach for when they are cut the process is stopped but if a current of electricity by means of a small voltaic battery be made to pass through the stomach the process goes on as usual hence the process is obviously connected with the action of electricity a current of electricity by means of the nerves seems to pass through the food in the stomach and to decompose the common salt which is always mixed with the food the muriatic acid is set at liberty and dissolves the food for chyme seems to be simply a solution of the food in muriatic acid the chyme passes through the pyloric orifice of the stomach into the duodenum, the first of the small intestines, where it is mixed with two liquids, the bile, secreted by the liver, and the pancreatic juice, secreted by the pancreas, and both discharged into the duodenum to assist in the further digestion of the food. The chyme is always acid, but after it has been mixed with the bile, the acidity disappears. The characteristic constituent of the bile is a bitter-tasted substance called picromel which has the property of combining with muriatic acid and forming with it an insoluble compound the pancreatic juice also contains a peculiar matter to which chlorine communicates a red color the use of the pancreatic juice is not understood during the passage of the chyme through the small intestines it is gradually separated into two substances the chyle which is absorbed by the lacteals and the excrementitious matter which is gradually protruded along the great intestines and at last evacuated the chyle in animals that live on vegetable food is semi-transparent colourless and without smell but in those that use animal food is white slightly similar to milk with a tint of pink when left exposed to the air it coagulates as blood does the coagulum is fibrin the liquid portion contains albumin and the usual salts that exist in the blood thus the chyle contains two of the constituents of blood namely albumin which perhaps may be formed in the stomach and fibrin which is formed in the small intestines it still wants the third constituent of blood namely the red globules from the lacteals the chyle passes into the thoracic duct thence into the left subclavian vein by which it is conveyed to the heart from the heart it passes into the lungs during its circulation through which the red globules are supposed to be formed though of this we have no direct evidence the lungs are the organs of breathing a function so necessary to hot-blooded animals that it cannot be suspended even for a few minutes without occasioning death in general about 20 inspirations and as many expirations are made in a minute the quantity of air which the lungs of an ordinary sized man can contain when fully distended is about three hundred cubic inches but the quantity actually drawn in and thrown out during ordinary inspirations and expirations amounts to about sixteen cubic inches each time in ordinary cases the volume of air is not so sensibly altered by respiration but it undergoes two remarkable changes a portion of its oxygen is converted into carbonic acid gas and the air expired is saturated with humidity at the temperature of 98 degrees the moisture thus given out amounts to about seven ounces troy or very little short of half an avoir de poids pound the quantity of carbonic acid formed varies much in different individuals and also at different times in the day being a maximum at 12 o'clock at noon and a minimum at midnight Perhaps 4 of carbonic acid in every 100 cubic inches of air breathed may be a tolerable approach to the truth. That is to say that every 6 respirations produce 4 cubic inches of carbonic acid. This would amount to 19,200 cubic inches in 24 hours. Now the weight of 19,200 cubic inches of carbonic acid gas is 18.98 troy ounces, which contain rather more than 5 troy ounces of carbon these alterations in the air are doubtless connected with corresponding alterations in the blood though with this respect to the specific nature of these alterations we are ignorant but there are two purposes which respiration answers the nature of which we can understand and which seem to afford a reason why it cannot be interrupted without death it serves to develop the animal heat which is so essential to the continuance of life and it gives the blood the property of stimulating the heart without which it would cease to contract and put an end to the circulation of the blood this stimulating property is connected with the scarlet color which the blood acquires during respiration for when the scarlet color disappears the blood ceases to stimulate the heart the temperature of the human body in a state of health is about 98 degrees in this country but in the torrid zone it is a little higher now as we are almost always surrounded by a medium colder than 98 degrees it is obvious that the human body is constantly giving out heat so that if it did not possess the power of generating heat it is clear that its temperature would soon sink as low as that of the surrounding atmosphere it is now generally understood that common combustion is nothing else than the union of oxygen gas with the burning body the substances commonly employed as combustibles are composed chiefly of carbon and hydrogen the heat evolved is proportional to the oxygen gas which unites with these bodies and it has been ascertained that every three and three-quarter cubic inches of oxygen which combine with carbon or hydrogen occasion the evolution of one degree of heat. There are reasons for believing that not only carbon but also hydrogen unite with oxygen in the lungs and that therefore both carbonic acid and water are formed in that organ. And from that late experiment of Monsieur Dupre, it is clear that the heat evolved in a given time by a hot-blooded animal is very little short of the heat that would be evolved by the combustion of the same weight of carbon and hydrogen consumed during that time in the lungs. Hence it follows that the heat evolved in the lungs is the consequence of the union of the oxygen of the air with the carbon and hydrogen of the blood, and that the process is perfectly analogous to combustion. The specific heat of arterial blood is somewhat greater than that of venous blood hence the reason why the temperature of the lungs does not become higher by breathing and why the temperature of the other parts of the body are kept up by the circulation the blood seems to be completed in the kidneys it consists essentially of albumin fibrin and the red globules with a considerable quantity of water holding in a solution certain salts which are found equally in all the animal fluids it is employed during the circulation in supplying the waste of the system and in being manufactured into all the different secretions necessary for the various functions of the living body by these different applications if we cannot doubt that its nature undergoes very great changes and that it would soon become unfit for the purposes of the living body were there not an organ expressly destined to withdraw the redundant and useless portions of that liquid and to restore it to the same state that it was when it left the lungs these organs are the kidneys through which all the blood passes and during its circulation through which the urine is separated from it and withdrawn altogether from the body these organs are as necessary for the continuance of life as the lungs themselves accordingly when they are diseased or destroyed death very speedily ensues the quantity of urine voided daily is very various though doubtless it bears a close relation to that of the drink it is nearly but not quite equal to the amount of the drink and it is seldom in persons who enjoy health, less than two pounds avoirdupois in twenty-four hours. Urine is one of the most complex substances in the animal kingdom, containing a much greater number of ingredients than are to be found in the blood from which it is secreted. The water in urine voided daily amounts to about one point eight six six pounds. The blood contains no acid except a little muriatic. But in urine we find sulfuric phosphoric and uric acids and sometimes oxalic and nitric acids and perhaps also some others the quantity of sulfuric acid may be about 48 grains daily containing 19 grains of sulfur the phosphoric acid about 33 grains containing about 14 grains of phosphorus the uric acid may amount to 14 grains these acids are in combination with potash or soda or ammonia and also with a very little lime and magnesia the common salt evacuated daily in the urine amounts to about 62 grains the urea a peculiar substance found only in the urine amounts to perhaps as much as 420 grains it would appear from these facts that the kidneys possess the property of converting the sulfur and phosphorus which are known to exist in the blood into acids and likewise of forming other acids and urea the quantity of water thrown out of the system by the urine and lungs is scarcely equal to the amount of liquid daily consumed along with the food but there is another organ which has been ascertained to throw out likewise a considerable quantity of moisture this organ is the skin and the process is called perspiration from the experiments of lavoisier and Seguin, it appears that the quantity of moisture given out daily by the skin amounts to fifty four point eight nine ounces this added to the quantity evolved from the lungs and the urine considerably exceeds the weight of liquid taken with the food and leaves no doubt that water as well as carbonic acid must be formed in the lungs during respiration such is an imperfect sketch of the present state of that department of physiology which is most intimately connected with chemistry it is amply sufficient short as it is to satisfy the most careless observer how little progress has hitherto been made in these investigations and what an extensive field remains yet to be traversed by future observers end of section 68 end of the history of chemistry by thomas thompson